one black and a dark written here we are again but today is a little different dance with me again and we're going to talk about magic the gathering the great grandpappy of all trading card games invented in 1993 i hope i'm right by richard garfield who was a mathematics phd and has made a number of other games including uh, i think tokyo rage is a kind of a kids oriented board game but yeah he's the uh Great papa of all trading card games. So, Dan, we're going to mess up our question today. Instead of what are you playing this week, talk about one deck in Arena you were playing this week. Shieldred, the one that um, you gain two life when you draw, your opponent loses two life. And the win con for that is peer into the abyss. Just making your opponents draw and lose a ton of life is so much fun. Nice. And that is a, what colors is that deck? It's a mono black. Mono black. Okay. So just black all the way. Excellent. I am playing a Delino Wild Mage. That's a mono red. And it's a, it's kind of a silly meme deck. It's basically attack, attack, attack. And every time Delina herself attacks, you get to roll a d20. It actually is a card out of the Magic Dungeons & Dragons crossover, because Magic is owned now by the same company who makes Dungeons & Dragons. The, actually, I think the company who makes Magic bought Dungeons & Dragons is how it worked. So yeah, you roll a d20. If you hit, I think it's like 10, 15 to 20 Lots of replication stuff, more damage, fun time. Very silly deck. Certainly not a, <laughs> definitely not like a tier one. You're gonna win a, you know, a brawl tournament with that. But it's fun, right? It's cute. So I know we talk a lot about magic here, and we do our weekly brawls on Thursdays. Although sometimes that shifts. But I think it's a good idea for the folks who listen and maybe aren't so deep into planeswalking that we go through kind of the core aesthetic of magic which is the five colors this is going to be another quickie but it'll kind of give you a feel for you know when somebody says they're they're playing a rakdos vampire deck what what you know what do they mean right those words mean nothing to most people so let's start at the top there is a a order to the color based on how they're printed on the back of the cards and we'll there are five of them we'll start with white Dan, tell us about white. So feel, you feel like a very white planeswalker. <laughs> White's all about you know peace and healing and protection. They um, they really do have kind of the code of honor. That's like yeah, we we want to protect people. So it's good stuff. Yep, you'll see creatures in magic. Creatures have types. So in white, you're going to see a lot of like humans, uh, human soldiers, knights, as in like. You know, King Arthur style knights, things like angels tend to be rooted in white. Cats. Cats, weirdly, although if you've met my cats, that's definitely more of a black red situation, but we'll leave that there. We should also mention allies, right? So white is allied with blue and green. So if you ever look at the back of a magic card, the colors right next to the color you're looking at are its allies. The colors opposite are uh, its, quote, enemy colors. That used to be more of a thing back in the day. Uh, it was very rare to have enemy color combo cards, so cards can have more than one color. Now it's it's almost... it's It doesn't even matter anymore, Dan. I mean... Yeah, they, they're all over the place. It's actually great. I mean, Magic has so many cards that just the combinations are almost endless. Yeah, it's really, uh, you could build a lot of crazy, silly decks. There's uh, There are archetypes still, 
But I'll give you an example, like an old archetype that does still exist is blue-white control, right? Where that's a deck where your goal is to basically just make your opponent's life hard by stopping them from doing things. So that archetype still exists, but now there's things like, you know, white-red aggro, which white and red used to never be a color combo that you would put together, at least if you're old like me. So that it really depends on when you came in. But that brings us to our next color, blue. All right. Blue is all about order and control, but in a more intellectual kind of theoretical way. Uh, what kind of creatures should we expect here, Dan? Uh, sphinxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's um, wizards. Oh, wizards are definitely a blue With, thing. Wizards are chilling in blue, yep. Uh, merfolk. They like the waters. They they like the knowledge. They are fish people. A lot of uh, like draw card abilities, right? I think oh, yes. a, class, a classic archetypal blue card is Thieving Magpie. It's a bird that flies flying is a thing in magic if a creature flies the it can't be defended uh, or blocked rather by a creature that doesn't fly in most cases or has reach or has reach reach is basically i can block as though i had flying mm-hmm. it's uh, blue's big mechanic traditionally though is counter spells which is basically exactly what it sounds like your opponent's trying to do something and if you can afford it you can just say no and that thing doesn't happen yeah, they really, really like to mess with people's plans. Bounce is also a blue thing. They're returning uh, permanents back to their hand. True. Tapping permanents is also a blue thing. If you think about like opposition and uh, twiddle and stuff like that, it's very much in there. Blue tends to hook up with white to do these like like these flying these control decks where your win condition is like one big white creature like Sarah Angel. That's a very classic deck, right? Blue-white control. It is a little more modern, so we should mention the Lord of the Rings set is coming out, where it's a crossover between Tolkien and Magic. Blue also shares wizards with red, but usually for a wizard to be red, he'll be blue as well. And that is a newer thematic thing in Magic, where wizards tend to be either blue or blue-red. I guess that's based on if they... Usually if they're crossed with red, they deal damage. If they're crossed with white they deal, uh, like they add tokens or tap things or do some kind of control thing in some cases. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you you can pretty much find something to do something in the span of magic. Yeah, another archetype for blue is Spellslinger, which is a blue-red deck. And basically all it is is, uh, I have one, so one of my brawl decks, uh, uh, Dan Cena, Balmore Battle Mage, basically every time I cast a spell, things happen, right? I get extra value. Blue is an interesting color because back in my day, back in the battle days when it was called Type 2, not Standard, everybody played blue. It was either blue-white. More often, blue-green was popular. The deck I played was called Squirrel Opposition, which I basically could make infinite squirrels and tap all your land so you couldn't do anything. Or there was a blue-black deck that was just obnoxious back then, too. I feel like in recent years, blue has definitely gotten nerfed quite a bit. I don't know yeah. if that's my perception. Yeah, it's it's gotten nerfed for sure, and, but it's still really powerful. It technically needed it, just otherwise everybody would be playing blue. Yeah, there was uh, there was so we're we're going back to seventh edition, which is oh two thousand, was like two thousand five. We're going back a ways, and e- there was not like a a deck that could even win a an LGS. You know, a serious LGS tournament that wasn't somehow rooted in blue. Yeah, it was pretty OP. 
Now to the current OP color, and I will swear this all day long because of my uh, standard grinding in arena, black. Dan, tell them why I hate black. It's all about power, ruthlessness, killing off things, exiling, just a discard. Oh, it just, it's the other kind of control that you don't want to see. You're, uh, you're starving your opponent's resources and uh, just making really large things from the graveyard. And Yeah. Yep. Crucially, mechanic-wise, black black alone, really, has the ability to, instead of using uh, lands, can use your own health, which most new players are like, well, why would I only have 20 health? Why would I want to hurt myself? That's actually super powerful, and that is what's kicking my butt right now in standard, because I have no answer to that. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say, your health is a resource until you don't yep. have any. Right. As long as you have two health, it's a resource, right? <laughs> If you have one, it's a problem. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, thematically well. You're you're gonna see basically the opposite of white, or the mirror of white. For instance, you might there is a white called creature called White Knight. There is a Black Knight. He's exactly what he says on the tin. You're gonna have a lot of zombies, a lot of vampires, a lot of uh, really just a lot of like Halloween creepy stuff, right? It's it's yeah, definitely horrors. horrors, yeah. Which um, Demons, like literal demons, uh, that usually have the mechanic of like you can bring them into play and they're kind of powerful, but you there's always some crazy drawback, like you lose 10 life or something like that. Kind of famously, things like Demonic Tutor, Vampiric Tutor, Death Wish, which are all cards that you take a significant life total hit usually, at least in most cases, and you get any card you want out of your deck, or in Death Wish's case, that you own, period. Although I think they've nerfed that into just it has to be like on you. That's black is, I would say, in the current meta. We're recording now. The most recent set is all will be one. Black white is kind of dominating in standard, at least. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty powerful archetype. It, it wasn't always, although back in Ice Age, the Necropotence decks were pretty ridiculous, too, uh, which is Necropotence is you can just keep drawing cards and losing life. Which is great in Magic. The more cards you have, the happier you generally are. The thing about black is I've always found it to be one of the more challenging, black and blue in particular, the challenging color combos to play. Because yeah, they, it, yeah. They do require a lot of thought and a lot of interaction with your opponent. Yeah, you kind of have to know like who you're playing and how much you can you know, literally pummel your own life total without getting uh, hammered. But Dan, now we come to the best color. My favorite. Red, baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. So red, apparently, just they love the freedom they, to do to deal the damage directly to the creatures, to the player. They, they want to draw and, and uh, discard like you're, you're uh, going through the deck as quickly as possible. You get your fast things out you just smack very quickly uh, mono red like quick uh creatures like in standard is usually the way to go for beginners it's actually the deck i'm currently playing in standard i have a mono blue uh, tempo which is kind of like half control and mono red is my better one it's uh reds put the pedal down go fast go hard and if you don't win by turn five you're probably screwed unless you're crossed with some other color it's great. I mean, if you're into thematically, you got goblins, you've got minotaurs, you've got 
Crossfit White, you have Samurai sometimes. Um, you, dragons are in red. Dragons. Yeah. You want dragons. Red's got your dragons. And if you're playing my favorite tribe, other than the goblins, is uh, if you cross with green, you get werewolves, which have a cool mechanic where they go from like human to actual werewolves. And that's just, again, I know there is currently a werewolf brawl deck that apparently is ranking pretty well. But historically, the, uh, you know, the creature type decks, uh, the, it used to be called tribal decks, I think still are not competitively viable but they're they're just a heck of a lot of fun i mean i one of my favorite things to do is just say all right everybody's building a deck around a creature type you know around a uh, commander which is like a special card you can summon who is like a lord of that type right so like there's a goblin king for example um even though he's terrible but <laughs> hey, he's not that bad uh, i mean the guy I, I love the gabos right their whole they just blow themselves up all the time it, yeah, they're yeah. great hasty goblins Hasty goblins. So then we go back into Dan's neck of the wood where he's meditating under a tree. Dan, tell us about green. Uh, green's about nature, just um, they, and big creatures. Oh, big, big creatures. It's mm-hmm. um, because of the nature stuff, they, they don't like uh, enhancements. So they're going to destroy artifacts. They're going to destroy enchantments. They're going to produce their own mana with their creatures. Uh, a lot of they, elves. Yeah, elves. Um, Druids, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, tree folk. Tree folkers. Tree folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the bigger mechanics, especially when you cross green with other colors where green tends to be support, green can get you... So normally you may play one land per turn and land is, how you, is your main resource unless you're doing something weird. Green can get you lands in early. So you, it'll be like, fetch an extra land, put it into play. That is that's called ramp. Ramp, and that's a big deal, especially in formats like Brawl or Commander when you tend to be a little more, you know, running those cards at five or six mana, you know, I like green as much as I, I kind of, you know, dunked on it as the, as the Dan meditation color, green crossfit red is one of my favorites. I love me some werewolves, green, white. I, my commander deck is actually Leonor autumn sovereign, which you get a bunch of white soldiers ramp with green to get better ones out. And your green is basically providing combat tricks, which is another thing that green does pretty nicely. I guess a classic one for those maybe getting a starter, so it would be like giant growth, which you can play at any time and gives your creatures plus three attack, plus three defense, which is, you know, annoying if the person thinks they blocked you and now they haven't. Yeah, another classic is fog. Prevent all combat damage. Yes, Fog is another another great one. I would say I almost feel like the quintessential green card is just the very boring Lolanor Elves, a 1-1 one, one Elf for one, tap for a green. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, That's a staple. I, I would also not discount green because green can get very nasty with tokens. The Squirrel Opposition deck I mentioned earlier that I used to play back in the old days was powered by green tokens. It was blue-green. Also, elves are just ridiculous as a tribe. I think they're probably one of the more powerful ones. If you've heard of Wellwisher, you gain life for each elf you have, and that gets very infinite very fast. Uh, I believe Elf Drazi is a thing mm. in like vintage and legacy. A, yes. Yeah. So we should probably take a, just a quick detour. There are many different formats, which are basically uh, card pull restrictions and rule sets you can adopt. If you're playing today you're probably starting off with something like i don't know commander 
I think a lot of people start with, right? They just released those commander starter kits. Yeah, I would say Commander is where people begin, although it is a complicated format. You're probably better off doing Standard first, just to get an idea of a smaller card pool, smaller amount of decks, because or deck size, I should say. Standard is a 60-card deck. You can have four of any one card, uh, except for basic lands. Um, And... uh, yeah, it's it's just the last few sets are legal, whereas Commander is kind of the uh, the entire pool of Magic as a hundred card format, singleton. Right. Meaning you can only have one of each card. Yes. Right. The key Commander is also usually a four player format, which I feel like can be a challenge for new players to actually get four people together. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I've been lamenting in playing Paper Magic is, and this might be a regional thing, but Standard seems to have fallen way out of favor by me in favor of a format called Pioneer, which is basically Standard, but you can go up to, it's like three or four years back on the card pool. It's something like that. I believe it started with Ravnica. Yeah, it's old. I mean, it's, it's I, I had a hiatus, so it's cards I don't recognize. Say. There was like a couple year break. I don't know. I'd almost suggest people start with Arena, right? Just Oh, uh, yeah. I would totally start with the digital Arena. Don't put any money into it. See if you like the game. Uh, it it has a really good tutorial to teach you the different phases, the different card types, uh, just uh, all of the basic rules uh, holding your hand. Highly recommend Arena. Yeah, and also if you don't know, we have them in Discord, and I'm sure they're available elsewhere online. There are tons of free codes for arena cards for packs. So even if you start arena, you finish the tutorial, they're going to give you a couple admittedly very low powered decks. But you, I think it's like something like 70 packs you can get for free across all of arena. Something around there. Yeah, it's a lot. Plus there's ones for if you do decide to play paper and you buy like the paper starter box, you get that deck in arena usually with the exception of the commander one. Also, if you go to a pre-release you play in that you you get the equivalent in arena so it's it's they're not as good as say the pokemon tcg where the packs are literally one-to-one so like me and my kid play pokemon but you know we have the digital too but it's it's getting better i'd urge you if you're new to stay away from alchemy because alchemy is just weird in my opinion it adds some complicated things uh, just because they're like, okay, we're going to randomly put things, uh, create cards in the deck and things that you would just never do in paper. Yeah, if, if you've ever played Hearthstone, it's a lot like that where these are things that just simply physically couldn't work in a paper card game where regular arena is is the paper card game more or less. Yeah, it's a great game. I mean, I've been playing it forever. Dan, how long have you been a Planeswalker? Uh, 1997. He's been playing it longer, see? He didn't even say anything. I bet he had a good DCI rank, too, and nobody knows what that means anymore. Uh, you know, I didn't actually play uh, in tournaments that much. I, but uh, I, I've i been collecting, uh, and I mm. do mean collecting for... Oh, I know. You are, yes, you are the great collector. Uh, just to give you an idea, I probably have 30,000 cards Holy how do you there's a whole conversation about storage and organization that's 
Oh, man. It literally took me months to actually organize. Uh, so, yes, there is an entire episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, that's, I, see, I'm always conflicted on this, right? For no folk. There is something really special about getting down to your local game store and playing Paper Magic. But I, I think it's a life phase thing. It is really hard to do. One of the challenges is how close is your local game store? How many cards do you have to lug around to realistically play? The cost of paper cards is quite high, there's especially a, if, if you play standard, at least. Yeah. Uh, there's two costs, by the way. N- not only do you have to buy the cards, either through packs or buying singles, which buy singles. Buy least. singles. Don't buy packs. Yeah. A lot of uh, LGS is charged to actually be in like tournaments and whatnot. Yeah, they most do, right? Usually the good LGSs, that charge is a little bit of VIG for them and prize support. I will say the one I tend to go to is pretty good. You get a pack per game and you can pick any pack of the like last three sets. But again, if you're looking to play, let's say, standard or pioneer tournaments, I mean, it's it's fun to open packs. Don't get me wrong, right? I've bought boxes. I've done it. It's 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 It can be exciting. But the reality is you're probably going to build a couple decks or at least stick in the same archetypes. And you're just far better off financially and uh, basically time investment just buying singles. And if your LGS doesn't have them, I use a great website called carkingdom.com. There's also TCG Player, which eBay just bought. They have a ton of inventory. It's usually the way to go, although I hesitate to even say you should bother because arena is really good and if you're busy you can get a game whenever right you the nice thing about arena if you do want to play tournaments your arena rank it doesn't require you to let's say be somewhere on a thursday night at 7 30 yeah exactly it's, the other yeah. you can get so many more games in every single day with arena as well right right and you can do i mean i have found and i know this is a little uh little maybe unusual that the best thing to do is maybe go to the physical pre-releases just because it pays for itself on arena you get the stuff and just play arena i found it very cost effective the other thing is when you win if you win enough in arena you can basically fund your own habit if you're interested in playing more casually like uh, dan and i play a ton of brawl and historic brawl you don't really need to change your brawl decks that often Um, especially historic. So you could just make the investment once and if you're and you can do it basically within the game currency that you can earn or win or whatever. Yeah, just to let people know, I haven't put any money into Arena. I mean, I do suggest supporting the game, but you can play it for free uh, if you really want to. Yeah, you can. I mean... I do put money in. I So I like the pre-release stuff in Arena because if you do the math, it gives you, I think it's like four pre-release tokens and three draft tokens and a bunch of packs. That's actually cheaper than the equivalent cash value in gems by a pretty big margin. But those offers are only good when there's a new main set. For instance, right now they're pushing Innistrad Remastered, which is not a main set, not a tournament set. There is a pre-release bundle for that but it's not nearly as uh let's just say a no-brainer cost-wise as the the uh 
what is the next one? March of the Machines, right? The, the main line. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. So, and then that's again only if you want to enter into those sealed and draft tournaments. Should you do that, right? If you because there's there's no sense if you don't. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Draft is a completely other thing. It's randomized. Build your deck on the fly. I do not recommend it at all for new players. It's super hard. Draft is super hard. I don't. One of my challenges is I I play the same deck throughout the whole season usually, or like I rotate two depending on how they do. And even though I see a lot of the cards, it makes draft super challenging for me because one, the deck building strategy is totally different. Right, cards you wouldn't even think of running. And that's the thing. There are no real bad, bad cards in Magic, maybe with a few exceptions every set. The cards that seem terrible in, say, Standard are probably bombs in Draft. I used to play a lot of Draft. It is very expensive because you have to buy three packs every time. If you play it on paper, the store always gets a VIG. If you win, then yeah, you make your money back, but you're making it back in packs, which is like the worst way to build your collection if you intend to play a lot. Uh, um, go ahead. The, the, uh, that was one of the things. I, I loved buying booster boxes and cracking them open. I did too. I did it's, too. It's very addicting and very expensive. Please don't get into that. Please. Yeah, we're going to rehab for it, so please. Mm-hmm. please. Although having said that, I'm going to buy the hell out of that Lord of the Rings booster boxes, so... I just found out that they're adding the Lord of the Rings to Arena Alchemy. So I actually am going to pay attention to the cards. Yeah, so they will be legal in Historic Brawl. So my my Belmore Battle Mage will be joined by his cousin Gandalf. Yeah, uh, one of the... uh, There's a Frodo and Samwise that have partner. So I am looking forward to that because there's no partner commanders on Arena. So None. Yeah. Yeah. So, and don't get intimidated by the book keywords. They all sound complicated. They're all relatively simple. Yeah, try it out, right? I mean, what else could we say? It's it's a good game. It is... Oh God, I feel really bad, but I think you should just try Arena. <laughs> like, it, you really should try Arena. It doesn't yeah. cost anything except your time, and it's a fantastic learning game. You you get to... I mean, it's kind of like a computer program in the sense that you're you're building the rules that because the cards change the rules they interact they there's a lot of like whens and ifs and and like just it's it's a great way to learn oh yeah no they they actually somebody did an experiment magic the gathering is technically turing complete which is crazy but it's uh and you know what join our discord we're always i mean there's a whole pile of people there who play arena different time zones so even if you know you're let's say all the way back on the west coast or you know over in europe or whatever we got folk we got a dude i think from russia we got a dude people on the west coast all over the u.s we got one guy who's is in england or something right the uk i don't know where these people are but they're fun to talk to they're fun to talk to and there's usually somebody there either building they're often building new decks after uh dan's wife beats the crap out of them but, <laughs> You know, it happens. She's surprisingly, she's, uh, I think she's our top player right now. I've, I was gone for a few weeks. I wasn't in the, in the tournaments, but I'll be back tomorrow. Just uh, to let you know, she learned through Arena. And she's very, very good. She She's only been playing for a couple years now, but she yeah. is just as good as I am, if not better. I'm probably your easiest bet because I, I tend to not pay that much attention. I miss my triggers, which is incredibly challenging in Arena, but I managed to do it. Yeah. 
Well, Dan, where can they find you other than the Discord, of course? My blog is daniel.melzax.com. I've got a YouTube channel. I've been uh, live streaming and putting up some videos there. So uh, you can find me. Just search for Daniel Melzak. Great. And you can find me in the Discord and at Dumanuku on both the elephant site and the bird site. I should also add that Dan and I do occasionally stream in Discord our arena matches. So, Yes, my format is Historic Brawl. Please, I will love to challenge you. I, I have so much fun with Historic Brawl. Let's play some Brawl together. Let's do it. Let's start a Brawl. All right. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. See you, everyone. See you. Bye.